0: And welcome, this is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This morning we will be talking about election integrity. Uh, I am joined by somebody that is in charge locally of the Election Integrity Project and is representative. So we will have a good conversation. I think that election integrity is one of the cornerstones of democracy. If your vote doesn't mean anything, then... Why bother to vote? And we've got too many people already. They're going, well, why bother to vote? Well, this is a problem that I think there are some solutions to. And so we will be discussing some of those solutions today. But before that, we have a few opportunities to get involved. Tonight, May 5th, Thursday, 6.30 p.m., the Clovis Chapter of Constitutionalists for California is having a meeting. And we generally have a lively discussion. And you'd be welcome to come check it out. Uh, so we're American Legion Hall is at 508 4th Street in Old Town Clovis. May 8th, there is a medical freedom rally on Sunday from 3 to 5. That is at Blackstone and Nice. If you think all this is over, try going in certain businesses without having a whole bunch of rules. Whether it's vaccine rules or mask rules, this isn't over. We need to stand up for our medical freedom because it is, I think, essential. Without it, you don't really have control of who you are. Finally, May 10th, there is no Kingsburg meeting. Uh, The Kingsburg group will be attending the Fresno GOP meeting. You can find that on the Fresno GOP site. With all that being said, welcome. I am today joined by Sean Burdine, and he is here representing EIP, Election Integrity Project.
1: Well, I I do want to add the California to that because it's it's become increasingly important to make sure that uh, I I use the the full uh, title. It's uh, Election Integrity Project California, and we need to do that simply because um, a lot of the the discussions surrounding election integrity has become larger, um, which is fantastic, but it's also starting to get a little... Confused on on exactly who we are, and so it's one of the reasons why I'm I'm very thankful that you give me the opportunity to really talk about our organization, uh, our history, and and the efforts that we're we're making on this because I I feel very uh, honored to be associated with them and the work that they've been doing.
0: How many states is, is EIP in? I realize
1: you're representing California, but
0: how big are they
1: now? Election Integrity Project, we'll, we'll start with uh, sort of the, the early part because Election Integrity Project first actually started about 12 years ago when um, Linda Payne, the head of organization, first really started to notice a lot of these, we'll say anomalies, as we witnessed in the 2020 election. But in, in Southern California is where they really started to see it. Um, so she uh, and, and some other very dedicated individuals started to take it upon themselves to really uh, investigate all of that. Currently, you know... Uh, EIPCA, Election Integrity Project California, is, is the, the main focus and the, the biggest hub. But we have branched out to a few other states. Technically, right now, I think we're, we're in four, and we're still working to kind of uh, raise the alarm in other states and uh, explain to them that, you know, the, the model that's been used in California is – and we'll get into some more of the details on that, I believe. Um, but that model is now being replicated in other states uh, throughout the country. Um so it, it, this is this is a big fight, and uh, you know this is absolutely one of the most important. I think if if we want to retain our republic, if we if we really want to be able to maintain the ideals that our our country was really built upon, you know, this is one of the most important fights. And so you know we're doing everything we can to help defend that and uh, educate people on on really where, where those problems are. Well, you're essentially defending individual liberty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the idea that, you know, the common man and woman has, has the ability to, to vote, that we, we have the ability to, you know, choose our elected officials to, to vote on the topics that are most concerning to us and self-determination, uh, aside from a, a central authority telling us what needs to be done. You know, the, the only way to maintain that is, is by us, the people, we, the people choosing to keep it and to fight for it. Because if we if we don't, Those central authorities, uh, they'll continue to take more and more power, which is really what we've seen over the last uh, few decades in particular. Um, Because it's one of the the major things um, EIPCA, Election Integrity Project California, really does is is watch these uh, changes in election policy and and how they sort of influence things. Well, we have a crazy state, and our attorney general, the current one, Mm -hmm.
0: she talks about wanting everybody to vote. I think there's a distinction between that position and EIP's position. And there's some, some very key things. You want to talk about those a little bit? I think mainly it's EIP wants people to be citizens, not felons, alive. Did you hear me,
1: folks? <laughs> As in not dead. Well, so I, will you want a fair election. I, I think that the key here, I mean, there's there's a couple things. we We can try to make the case of, you know, um, whether or not uh, people, we make the case right now, whether or not people are doing this for nefarious reasons or if the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But a lot of these ideas are sold to the average person that, you know, we we want to um, just make sure that everybody who wants to vote has the ability to vote. And, and fundamentally, we agree with that. You know, we, we, we definitely believe in that, that every man and woman that has the ability and, and right to vote should. But, that should not come at the expense uh, of jeopardizing the integrity of the elections, and that's that's where the real concern starts to come in. Is, is a lot of these policies that are sold to people as look, this, this is going to make things better and easier, and and that might certainly be easier, but we disagree that it's necessarily better. And and a lot of these sort of policies have actually really um, allowed more opportunity for either mistakes or nefarious influence to change the direction, uh, into a way that maybe we didn't really vote for.
0: Yeah. EIP had a big success several years ago in LA County. Yes. in getting the voter rolls clean. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think more things like that are coming. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, um,
1: so one of, so yeah, Election Integrity Project California really does three primary things is, um, we, uh, document and analyze the election as it's happening, um, we have lots of citizen journal, uh, citizen observers that are trained and report. We've actually trained uh, over 17,000 over the last uh, 12 years, and really um, a large focus of that has been in the Los Angeles and Southern California area. Um, and several years ago, um, there was a, a very large election scandal uh, involving um, Alex Padilla. Um, Judicial Watch, with Tom Fitton, actually partnered up with the organization to really um, – tackle that one and what ended up happening from there is uh county had to remove uh, is it 600,000 names off the voter rolls and um kind of help clean that up and just because these were all names that had not been taken care of this is one of those things where you know you go through the voter rolls um and it's is you know major topic of conversation these days um but it wasn't so much at that time. And it was really one of those landmark cases that really showed that this process that we're told is done regularly isn't necessarily. So the county was forced to clean up a, a, a lot of that. You know, 600,000,
0: when you look at the population of L.A., doesn't seem like that much. But well, that's enough to shift an election if somebody used those ineligible
1: votes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we you can look at um, a lot of... A, huge number of elections across the state and the country really can be decided by a very small factor. Um, And so if we're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of potential votes, I mean, that can be plenty to to shift an election in a a different uh, way than it was originally going to go. Um, Some elections, you know, they can come down to tens of thousands or or far fewer for some of these uh, local municipalities, you know, they can be very small differences. And so something that big can absolutely um, shift things in, in, in very drastic ways. Right. So somebody that is not honest that
0: had a cache of voters that they knew they could just, they weren't going to show up at the polls because they maybe moved, maybe passed away, mm-hmm. or they knew they were ineligible Right. for some reason, they could then go use those. So cleaning the voter
1: rolls would prevent that problem. It, absolutely. I mean, this is one of the, the big things that... Um, there's a couple words I, I really try to use a lot when describing these things, and it's uh, weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And so when I see stuff like this, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that there is absolutely fraud, but it definitely helps contribute to an ecosystem that facilitates, you know, potential fraud because of the weaknesses and vulnerabilities in there. There's a lot more mistakes that can happen. There's a lot more um, just. There's just a lot more room for if an outside actor wanted to do something, they would have the ability to do it. And that's really, I think, the heart of election integrity is making sure that we have confidence and trust that these systems are working accurately and in a way that's actually um, the will of the people.
0: Well, that is absolutely essential for, for one man, one vote. Absolutely. Currently... You're involved in a lawsuit, which I realize you're in a lawsuit too. So we mm-hmm. have to talk about this in general terms. But it does involve Fresno County mm-hmm. it, you know, for the 2020 election. I do want to point out they're not necessarily trying to overthrow that election. They're trying to prove what happened and fix it.
1: Yeah. Well, the the, the heart of that election, um, or the, that uh, not election, but that uh, particular lawsuit is uh, for the uh, 2020 election and, and uh currently there are multiple um, defendants in that it's the secretary of state the governor and um, the attorney general all for uh, this the, the state of california and 13 other counties including fresno that have uh, signed on for it um and really what this case is is, is focused on and, and uh, we'll talk more about it i think in a bit is is the idea that because of all of these new weaknesses and vulnerabilities in the system and the changes over time in our policies and laws throughout the state that California can no longer actually operate as a republic. And so if we want to restore that ability to to operate as a functioning republic, there's a lot of these policies and laws that need to be changed again. We, we need to roll these back. We, we've had enough time documentation to say, "Hey, you know, we tried these; these are not working the way we want them to." So that lawsuit now is currently moving um, to the Ninth Circuit of Appeals, um, where oral arguments will be heard this summer. Awesome! Yeah, it's it's the, it, can, it can't come fast enough. Well, in you know, it's one of the things that not a lot of people know that this is going on. It's one of a kind. It's the only lawsuit of its of its. um, nature right now it's a landmark thing because of all of the volunteers over the last decade that have contributed to this effort you know that that's one of the things also that really makes this unique is that this is all volunteer effort this is all just people that have come together decide i want something better we we go we we document everything we see everything and, and contribute all of that and it's it's thousands and thousands of written sworn um documentation by these volunteers that say what they, they have witnessed and and that's really just contributed to this lawsuit so you've got a different level of evidence than a normal lawsuit absolutely it, it is the only uh, organization as as far as I know in the, the nation that's been doing anything like this so going to something like a high-level
0: court mm-hmm. ninth court is expensive yes please give the website because <laughs> I think this is a worthy cause folks if you're gonna if you can't give to a party and I would really discourage e- e- from anybody from giving to either party because I think there's problems. Give to candidates. If you can't give to candidates, this is essentially an American thing that needs to happen. So support this organization. Give us give us the website. Please. Yeah, it's uh,
1: eip-ca.com. Uh, so that's Election Integrity Project California. So eip-ca.com. We don't. Take any money ourselves. This is purely volunteer effort. Even uh, the president organization, Linda Payne, doesn't take any money from this. All of the money that we do get from donations go directly to helping fund the legal effort. Well, that's important. Yeah. So you're essentially a nonprofit. We are absolutely nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, completely nonprofit. It's all volunteer effort.
0: Nonprofit, nonpartisan. Though I, I do want, I'm, I'm going to tweak that just a little bit. Um, there was an election integrity event here in the in Clovis, and I thought it was interesting what candidates showed up. I'm not going to mention their parties. One of the people that was instrumental in putting on that event and cares about election integrity is named Rachel Ham. I would encourage you to go to her website and see what you think. It's very important that she came. To, an ele- to Actually, she went beyond that. She didn't just come to the event. She organized the event. Mm-hmm. She paid out of her own money for the site. She provided her own additional security out of her own pocket. This is somebody that truly cares about election integrity. There were some other people that came. Um, I thought it was telling that Michael Maher was there. I thought it was telling that James Bradley, I think he's from Southern California, and he thinks election integrity is important enough that he showed up at the event to support the event. None of that has to do with party. That has to do with they believe in this intrinsically American value, one man, one vote. What do you do for EIP?
1: Well, uh, right now I serve as our county's uh, coordinator. Um, The way Election Integrity Project California is structured is, you know, we we have our... um, You know, the main uh, overseeing team, uh, including Linda Payne and Ruth Weiss, the director and um, uh, vice director. And uh, the rest of us, uh, we have a county coordination team um, led by a county coordinator. um, And, you know, we have weekly uh, Zoom calls. We check in with everybody across the state, get updates on everything that's happening with um, changes in, in law and policy and then um, so my job here locally is to organize and train our volunteers uh, to for to monitor the election season and then also to uh, help educate um, people on, you know, what these laws look like, explain, you know, what we can do and, and kind of what we're talking about right now. And, and so I'll, you know, go out and give presentations on the, this matter and just help do what I can to, to raise awareness and educate people. So you'll go out and give talks to groups and things like that. Absolutely. Um,
0: if somebody was interested, if there was a group that wanted to hear what you had to say, how would they reach out to you? Uh,
1: well, you can contact, um, go through the website um, itself and let them know uh, through there. Or you can also just contact me directly. Um, I guess I can put my email out there. Okay. Well, that's up to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put the, the email on um, well, it's it's just my my first and last name at protonmail dot com. So it's S E A N B U R D I N E at protonmail dot com, and just reach out. Let me know if you would like, you know, to learn more. I'd be more than happy to um, give that presentation. I've already done it in other counties outside of our own. I feel very comfortable, you know, talking about the material. So um, I've been there, been there at one of the places you went and, and did
0: that, and uh, it's a good presentation. Well, thank this, you. This is truly an important. Ev- issue the number of people that i come across that say well i don't bother to vote my vote doesn't count anyway we need to shift that
1: whole narrative and having fair and fair elections shifts
0: that narrative
1: yeah and you know what i think that's that's such an important thing because I know there's a lot of people now that they feel very disillusioned on all of all of this they feel like yes their their vote doesn't count this vote doesn't matter why why even bother and my response to that is just it's all the more reason to vote you know it's just go out there and, and vote and vote in person and uh, encourage other people to vote in person. We'll talk more about that. I think we'll definitely talk <laughs> more about that, but you know, it, it's, it's just, you can't be discouraged because if you allow yourself to be discouraged and, and jaded um, and, and just think that it's impossible to win, then, then you're probably right. I mean, there's, there's a, I think it's a Henry Ford quote that I've, I've loved ever since I, I heard it and it's, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you, really want to see that change happen and you want to see big things happen, you got to believe that you can do it. And so you got to go out there, you got to vote, you got to believe that in spite of the uphill battle that there might be and, and just how unlikely it might be, you still have to have hope. I mean, that's one thing I'll be honest. You know, I had a lot of doubts of, about some other things that have happened. Um, and it's just, you. He, you just got to keep hope. That's the bottom line. Keep hope and faith. Well, with freedom comes responsibility. Absolutely. Um, If you love all these freedoms that we
0: have, you have to step out, get involved, and make a difference. If you don't, then a smaller and smaller group of people are deciding these issues. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those people that goes, well, my vote doesn't matter, guess what? What percentage of people vote in a small election? I know there was a city council race in Clovis that happened not too long ago. 16% of eligible voters voted. Or not eligible, registered voters. There you go. Um, So what that really means is that's 8% because only about half of the people are registered. Yeah. 8% of the people decided a city council race. That's what happens in small races. It's a tiny number of people. Your vote does matter.
1: Right, and that's one thing. Actually, I want to fix something I said earlier. I said six hundred thousand votes were removed. I was uh, getting that number off by about a factor of a million, so it was about uh, 1.5, 1.6 million votes that were removed from the California, uh, from the Los Angeles voter rolls.
0: Wow, that's even bigger. Yeah, it was it was much bigger. Yeah,
1: I I thought as I was saying that when that found sounded a little off. So you think about like the, these local elections really can come down to, to something as small as a handful of, of, of votes. So, and and local elections matters. Tremendously. Also, I mean, we, we I think that's one of those things. Right now, we're we're in a primary for an off year and all of that, and a lot of people probably really aren't thinking that much about voting right now. And it still matters. You know, we still have some great candidates out there that deserve attention, that deserve a spot, because the only way that we can really you know try to turn these things around is, is making sure we have good people in these offices. So if we allow you know just anybody to get in there. Um, it, it can really cause major problems. And that, that's one of the things that we've definitely seen over time is you, you really need to make sure that um, you're doing the research and, and electing good people.
0: Well, I would say that that's the bench for the future, mm-hmm. that you shouldn't stop at, oh, well, this or that party, either party, just endorse somebody. You need to know some things about their character. Mm-hmm. Will they be honest? Do they represent your values? And right. that, that would vary a little bit from person to person. My regulars on the show know where my values are, but do the people you're electing actually represent your, your values? Are they strong enough to hold on to those values? Because there is a problem with the swamp. You know, we've got, we're not going to get into that one much today, but there is absolutely a swamp. There's a problem with lobbyists. There's a problem with the fact that government has become an industry yes. rather than something to serve.
1: I, I fully agree with that. You know, I want to be careful with, you know, saying anything too partisan or anything one way or the other, just by the nature of working with Election Integrity Project, we are very much a nonpartisan uh, group. And, um, but the, it is absolutely true that government has become a business into itself. Yes. And, and that becomes incredibly dangerous.
0: We're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Today I am joined by somebody from EIP, California, Sean Burdine.
1: Hello. And so he's a representative for him.
0: Why is all this so important?
1: Well... The bottom line is, is, I mean, we're going to have to get in a little bit of history here, and I really know about why our country was created the way that it was. And, um, you know, constitutionalist, I I think a lot of your audience probably understands how important that document is, and uh, that our country was really honestly founded by courageous, brilliant men who understood um, that evil can live in the hearts of men, and, you know, Men and women can become tyrants over time or can become corrupted, uh, have too much power, too much authority. And our documents, our our founding documents, um, were really laid out in a way to make sure that we don't allow any one single person or entity too much power, too much authority, and that ultimately our government is, is at the behest of the people. And it's one of the things that is is most unique about this nation is that it really was written in a way to outline that and enshrine the rights of the people as the the, the ultimate deciding factor and that we have the right to choose how our country is is determined uh, and and the way that it goes.
0: That's the case if we have... Fair and honest elections. Exactly. There's where that
1: ties in. That's that's where it gets really tricky, um, and that's why you know it's so important that we, we we fight to keep these. And there's a there's a Ben Franklin quote. Um, you know, after they, they they wrote all of the founding documents, read the Constitution, he was asked, you know, what what sort of government do we have? Where are going? And it's just you know we we have a republic if we're able to keep it and and i think you know this is one of those things where right now we we see ourselves at a crossroads in our country where over time i think a lot of people you know we we kind of took it for granted you know this is this is the history of our country this is the soul of our nation this is you know just everything about america is america always will be america unfortunately you know We've had some, some people working behind the scenes to try to shift the culture, to shift the mentality, to rewrite the history. We've had corrupt politicians just you know, start running amok behind the scenes and, and, and trying to get greater and greater power and, and just kind of pull everything in a different direction than we want it to go. And ultimately, why this is important right now is really, if, if we want to get back to the, the, the true values that our, our country is founded on, we need to fight to get those back to, to keep them. And, um, that, that's really what's at stake right now. And and I know that can sound dire, but I, I genuinely do believe that right now, you know, we, we are at that crossroads where things can go in a, in a very different direction. If we, depending on what we as a people choose to do.
0: Well, you know, read the book 1984 and there's something interesting. Um, our president just tried to, and he may succeed, have a ministry of truth or disinformation. There was one of those in Germany. Mm, really interesting parallel. And I know you can't say much <laughs> because of your position, but if we don't have our First Amendment right, and I believe that voting is part of it, we don't have the all of the aspects of our First Amendment right, mm-hmm. whether you're on the right or the left, are you really going to be able to make your— Voice heard and that is truly concerning to
1: me well it's also i mean uh, under that a whole body that they're now trying to create and, and enforce on us you know over the last several years we, we've seen that you know this is another one of those topics that they've tried to really silence especially in the last year last two years any sort of questioning of election integrity labels you a, you know a terrorist in the minds of some people you know, you want to make sure that you have confidence or trust in your elections. Maybe you have some sort of doubts. Well, if this body is allowed to have its sort of power, you you can't say that. I mean, we're, how many of us have, have you know ended up in, in some sort of social media ban or, or jail just for voicing a question or, or dissenting mm-hmm. opinion and. and you know, that, that's the, really, uh, you know, something like that is so far beyond, I, I think, what we as a country really, truly want. I, I mean, obviously, some people want it, but as a whole, I, I don't think so. And that's another thing that we need to, you know, push back against. Otherwise, we can't have the conversation we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they're
0: defining hate speech as speech that
1: they hate. That I mean, that, that's very I, true. I, you know,
0: I have somebody that regularly comments on this show. I don't generally respond to this person. Mm-hmm. But I do believe they have the right to say it. I just think that they're, well, less than polite, less than fair. But, hey, well, I, and, and that, I, but, I wouldn't want them banned. I just want them to go
1: away because I don't really want to hear it. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that, that, that's another really difficult thing about, I mean, today right now. Is even the conversation that we're having right now. I, I mean, this is just something that me fundamentally, I believe, and, and really that the group, the organization company believes as well It's just this is a topic that transcends political party it, it doesn't matter you know you democrat republican green party independent libertarian doesn't matter everybody should want to make sure that we have an election system that we have confidence and trust in i mean no matter who wins the other side is right now going to say oh they you know they cheated you know, and whether the right or the wrong, we need to make sure we have some sort of checks in place to make sure we can go through and say, well, here, here's how this happened. This is why this happened. We have more transparency to everything. We can go through and, and prove, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt that, no, every vote that was cast was cast legally in the name of that person. So that that way, if those discussions, those concerns come up, again, doesn't matter political party, doesn't matter the affiliation or, or belief, we, we, we can have that. And in order to I think if we're able to do that, some of these hostilities that we, we are seeing because I, I I do believe we've live in a very kind of hostile time right now where, where people don't allow the respect to necessarily disagree anymore and hopefully if, if we can have a confidence in that system again, maybe that'll help deflate that a little because i'm 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 so frustrated and, and tired of this sort of constant, animosity where we're always fighting against each other and you know it's it's not helpful it's not productive and and, because i i I agree with you too on the, the very foundational sort of idea that we should be able to have a conversation we should be able to voice disagreement with each other we we don't need to agree on everything all the time i wouldn't want that anyway that's that's pretty boring world it is it is and there's a lot of other problems that go along with that and and so you know there's people i find online i'm i'm more than happy to have an honest discussion with them but it doesn't feel like for some of the things that i like to express (laughs) they they don't want to hear it you know so this this conversation included we now have a vote-by-mail system here in California. Yes. Hey, let's start with defining that system. Okay. Well, the vote-by-mail system um, was one that over time has become much more um, prevalent. It started out as, as basically a system in which you had to apply for it. You you, you had to prove um, or, or give a, a strong enough reason that the elections office would say, okay, you know, we're going to allow you the, the ability and opportunity to vote by mail rather than coming in. And over time, um, the state of California has, you know, sort of relaxed those rules and those laws more and more, especially, uh, under 2020 with, uh, uh, under COVID and under the, um, looming threat of, you know, pandemic, they, they instituted new policies that have now become, um, written into law that now every single person on the voter rolls will be sent a vote by mail ballot, um. That's that's the reality of things right now. So if, if your name is on that list, is you're getting a, a, a ballot, whether you ask for one or not, whether you want one to be sent to you or not, whether you plan to vote in person or not. It does not matter. You will be sent a ballot.
0: Well, if you have a driver's license, there's a pretty good odds, even if you're not here legally, that you will have an opportunity to vote. And there has been some scandals along those lines, which is most unfortunate.
1: Well, absolutely. And this is one of those things, too, where um, you know you start getting into why it's important to, to monitor the, the voter rolls. Because uh, right now, anybody who does, um, this is part of the, the uh, motor voter <laughs> the legislation, was that anybody who does sign up to uh, get their driver's license is automatically also registered to vote. You actually have to um, opt out rather than opt-in. Right, I know. I went through it not too long ago. So it's an interesting thing. Um, So that's another thing. Um, They've also relaxed uh, and lowered the age to uh, register to vote. You don't actually even need to be old enough to vote to register to vote. And and so this is another one of those sort of policies where that's why um, for Election Integrity Project California, we've started to really call it a a vote-by-mail system because it's not just the vote by mail itself, it's it's all of these extra policies and laws that all kind of surround it, and and uh, go with it to, to sort of compound the issue into something even even bigger and creates even more problems. And um, the vote by mail itself, um, it is again, it's one of those things where a lot of people you know it's just like well what's the problem with voting by mail you know makes life so much easier so we got to go to vulnerable vulnerabilities here yes we're going to so we're going to kind of walk through the, the process here of voting by mail versus in person so we'll start with in person because when you go and you vote in person um you go to uh, your your local vote center you get your ballot there you fill it out and you put it into the tabulator and Right. there's you're... still
0: some vulnerabilities but it is much safer correct you... those vulnerabilities would be the fact that
1: you hope that the person that's doing that is honest. Yeah, well, the biggest problem at that point that you're talking about is really how much confidence you have in the machine tabulators, which is a whole thing in itself that we can have a whole conversation on. But really today I want to focus on like the laws and policies. I, I just meant somebody that
0: say they knew their neighbor never voted. Oh. And they knew their neighbor's
1: address. They
0: yeah. could just go vote for them.
1: They actually can. And this is one of the things, too. I mean, this is another one right there before we get into the rest of it is, yes, when you get to the precinct. uh, This is another thing that a lot of people don't know is in the state of California, it is now actually illegal for anybody working at the vote center to ask for your ID. It's not even that you're not required to show it. They cannot ask to see it. They're technically not supposed to see it in the past. Also, um, one of the things that you were required to do to actually prove who you were at that point, even after things had relaxed by ID, is you had to state your your name and address yourself verbally. Well, they've also relaxed that even further to the point where you can just present a piece of paper with that written on it and say, you know, your name and address. And so... So we're not saying there's actual cheating, but... Boy, what a perfect way to set up cheating. That, that's the thing. Is I'm not necessarily saying that it is or is not happening. It's just, you know, that, that's where things are now. Is, is Somebody can go in to any vote center in uh, the county, because we're a vote by uh, a Voter's Choice Act uh, county, which means we don't have the precinct system anymore. Um, those are consolidated in the vote centers that are monitored electronically, which means you can actually vote at any vote center in the county and all you need to do is just present a piece of paper to the election official with the name and address, and they will give you the ballot for that person, and you fill it out at the vote center and turn that in.
0: Hope that works out okay.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then, so there, there's that. That's the, the the voting in person at the, the vote center, which, by the way, as a Voter's Choice Act... Um, it's still much safer, though. It, it's still, because there's so many fewer hands being exchanged. Because really, that, that's the big thing when it comes to um, voting by mail. And this is one thing. I, I spent a lot of hours <laughs> at the, uh, our central processing center, which is where all vote-by-mail ballots go. So vote-by-mail system. What, it, what ends up happening is whether you uh, submit it in one of the drop boxes around the city and county, whether you uh, submit it to the post office, um, there's going to be a then process where these ballots – are taken to our central processing center, where um, they're extracted and then counted. And so, there's a lot of steps that go along with that. So let's start from the beginning. We're going to submit our vote by mail ballot. You go through, you open it up, you you mark your answers, your 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 votes, um, you sign it, you submit it. Um, let's say it's picked up by one of the uh, post. You, you submit it to the post office. Well now it goes through all the hands of all the postal workers there and you know if it gets damaged in any way you may not know um and i'm not even necessarily saying that anything nefarious could happen what if it got wet and now somebody has to review the ballot and hand fill a new one out there that is a that is a step that is a step uh, that is actually a step, um, but we'll, we'll get to that point. So it goes through all of those hands, eventually makes the vote center. If you put it in the drop box, there are uh, election officials that will come, and they pull everything out of the drop box. So at
0: least it eliminates the post office. So so if we were to prioritize, vote and mail would be one, drop box would be maybe two? Not quite as good? Well, the, the,
1: there's an issue with the drop box in that the drop box isn't really ever monitored. So they're not, there's not a camera on? Very few are, at least in our uh, county. Um, that's one of those things where, and this is one thing, um, without getting into too many of the details, different counties in different, uh, throughout the state can handle this a little differently. Some of them have them more monitored than others, and some of them have encountered more problems than others. Like other counties have actually had people put hoses down them, uh, light them on fire. And so if you put your ballot in a drop box overnight where it's not monitored, it's just at the behest of any that wants to do anything to the mail and obviously it's a crime to you know do anything to that but i mean that doesn't necessarily stop people from doing it yeah crime the crime doesn't have consequences very much in california <laughs> yeah, so yeah, not as much as it needs to <laughs> but yeah so if you leave it out in a dropbox it's subject to whatever people are want to do anything to it um so it I, might be actually safer in some ways than mailing
0: it uh, or less safe excuse me less safe
1: Potentially, uh, from my understanding, we haven't encountered any of those problems specifically in Fresno, but I do know several cases throughout the state that that have, where they they actually, like I said, either, you know, water damage to everything in there or fire on those ballots. And, um, you know, that's Well, when you consider, we have a pretty long window
0: Mm -hmm. when people can vote. Yes. And now within this county, you can show up at any polling place with your ballot. Yes. Do you even need your ballot? No. Okay, so you can show up at any polling place and vote. So it's really not very difficult mm-hmm. to be significantly safer.
1: Right. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, well, let's go to the process center now. So okay. let, let's assume we, we've uh, mailed our ballot in, we put it in the Dropbox, and all that part's gone correctly. So the next step um, is the ballots will all be uh, grouped together, the envelope, and it'll go through an electronic signature verification. So this is basically like a conveyor belt system where um, a couple election officials will lay all the ballots out. And the electronic system will scan your signature and compare it to what is on file. Now, if your uh, signature passes this step, then it'll keep moving on. But if uh, your signature, for whatever reason, does not match up with the systems, and this is one thing I want to really make clear to everybody Um, If you have not recently updated your signature on file, I definitely recommend that you do it. Re-register to vote with your newest signature. Me personally, I know that my signature on file did not match up with how my signature had changed over time. Because it's it's very common for people's signatures to change over time. So update that regularly. We get lazy. Well, it, they, they can shift. Or at also, least I or, get lazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't, my my signature is very different than when I had last registered to vote. So definitely encourage people to do that. So if it does not pass at that stage with the electronic verification, then it goes up for manual review, where election officials will then compare it to multiple signatures that you have on file. Um, and okay, we're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Eric Rollins, the constitutionalist here on 1550
0: KXEX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the constitutionalist here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in the town. Today, I am joined by a representative for Election Integrity Project, California. His name is Sean Burdine, and we're getting some good information on how you can, how we can fix this system because there are solutions. There are. But we have to get involved to do that. It could be as simple as you make a donation to this this good organization. Go ahead and give the name, the the website.
1: Yep. Uh, So it's uh, with Election Integrity Project California, and the website is eip-ca.com. Okay.
0: Um, It could be that maybe you want to volunteer, Mm -hmm. and there still are opportunities for June.
1: Mm, Not quite. Not quite? No. We'll get into that. Okay. (laughs) But – well, let's go back to uh, voting by by mail. So right now we're at the uh, vote, uh, the, the uh, signature verification, a manual verification, where election officials will then go through, and they are looking for, in, technically two different uh, similarities that are strong enough to think that this can match up. And it's always now in, in by law, um, they're expected to you know find it that's. Close enough. Like they're they're expected to determine that it is in the interest of the voter. Not so. They're not trying to rule it out. They're they're looking for really to accept it. So let's say then it does get accepted. Uh, the next step then is the ballot is extracted from the envelope. This is also the point where if you're checking online to see if your ballot has been counted, this is when it says it's being counted. It has not been counted yet. This is only the point at which the ballot itself is removed from the envelope, and keep in mind the envelope is the only thing that ties this ballot to you. So your ballot has been received. Your ballot has been received but not counted, yes. And then so the the envelope itself is the only thing with a signature that says this is your ballot. Once it is separated, there will never be a way to tie it necessarily directly back to it. They will be stored separately with matching batch numbers so that you will know that, you know, that ballot came from one of those envelopes, but you won't know exactly which one. So then that moves on uh, to the point where um, it is manually reviewed for cuts, tears, um, stains, water damage, anything like that.
0: To see whether they need to
1: adjudicate it, meaning correct so that'd be the next step then is assuming that um there is some sort of problems it would need to go up for adjudication and possibly even duplication so adjudication is basically where they will have you know a supervisor or another staff member come in and you know see if this uh, if if the machine will still be able to read this because if there's enough damage to it or if it's no longer um, legible say there's too much water damage then they'll need to set it aside to actually manually duplicate it, instead of just being able to put it through the machine with everything else. So, the duplication process, at least for Fresno County, and this is another one of those ones where it's different depending on the county that you live in, is there will be a um, a uh, election official who will have the original ballot in hand, will read off the votes to a separate individual will then create a new ballot based on what was listed, and then they will uh, put that to another team to double check and make sure that it was duplicated
0: correctly. So here's a place where there's potentially a vulnerability, so having somebody there as a poll watcher, say through
1: EIP, would be useful. Yes, that is one of those things where, you know, this this is one of those key steps where we really just want to make sure that that is being done correctly and accurately, because obviously, you know, you're putting a lot of trust and confidence in other people to, you know, work through all the stuff correctly and make sure that your ballot is actually processed the way you want it to be processed. Well, just because EIP is supposed to be nonpartisan does not mean that your
0: normal poll worker is. I hope they are. Right. But they are not necessarily.
1: Well, that's that's one of, uh, you know, my biggest concerns about all of that, you know, just number of hands that are getting exchanged through all of that mistakes can happen and then you do open yourself up to the potential of of, you know outside actors that want to get involved you know very activist sort of mentality where they they really want to you know they see it in their minds as doing something good and that's one of the really concerning things is they, they find that they can justify doing those things and again I'm not necessarily saying that any one individual is doing those things, just that this system that we've created creates a lot of opportunities for those sorts of actions to take place. Okay.
0: So we're down to about four minutes. So how Mm -hmm. do people get involved, aside from going to the website, what potentially positions could they have? And then when we get, so say a couple minutes of that and a couple minutes of why you're hopeful.
1: Well, the biggest thing that I really, really want to direct people to is our website itself that's eip ca.com again um there's a few things you can do there we 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 give you a lot of information on what to do in certain situations that you find yourself in you know say like if you receive multiple ballots what do you do if your ballot is not if you go to the vote center and they say you already voted what can you do those sorts of things are listed on the website we also have a regular newsletter to keep people updated on things as they're coming out on so they can sign changes. up for your real newsletter for free yes the newsletter is free uh you know we don't spam you we we do give major updates on things Right now, unfortunately, I cannot take more volunteers for the primary season. For, about, for June, for for the June primary, but you can volunteer with us uh, for the primary. Uh, in we're well, not for the primary, but for the um, the general June. in November, you can work with us there. And then also through the website, there is the opportunity and ability to. Uh, create another citizen's report. So even if you were not specifically trained by us, if you encounter or or see something while you're voting that concerns you, you can absolutely still send us uh, your report on what you witnessed and and describe that uh, for us. And that'll go straight to the documentation for all of our websites. So they wouldn't even need to be
0: part of your group. It's say there because any citizen can actually go down and observe the polls yes it could be while you're voting but you could just go down go down to the main counting center you could go to any voting center yes you have to be on good behavior yes (laughs) but um, you can anybody can just go observe if they're inclined yes that's so they can give you a report if they see something i just think it's useful to go to your website
1: yeah, I I would. That's the number one thing that I would uh, direct people to, just because we we do have a lot of information on there. Because you know it, it's there's so much to go over, it's hard to do it all in you know a short period of time. Any more questions that anybody might have, they'd be the first place to start. And then you you are right. Um, California is a state, and this is one thing that's good about California is it does allow citizen observers to you know watch the elections. Um, there's one thing too, that's important to know also our, our, vote centers will open 11 days before, um, quote unquote election day. Uh, you know, I, I, struggle to say election day anymore cause it's really election season. The ballots will first be sent out on the ninth and, uh, that is technically the, uh, first day that people can start voting is the ninth and that'll go all the way till the seventh, at which point votes can still be taken after so long as they're postmarked and there's a grace period to, um, secure your vote and and make sure everything gets cleared. So even on election day itself, quote unquote, election day, um, there's still votes that are being processed after that. Many votes still being processed after that. As long as you're postmarked within time, Mm
0: -hmm. you're still down to about a minute. Okay. Yeah. So why would you go to all this trouble as a volunteer? You know, obviously there must be something you're hopeful about.
1: Well, we got to save our country. And that's really what it comes down to. We, I mean, I, I really think that uh, this is one of the – so goes California, so goes the country. And right now what we've really been seeing is a lot of the model that's laid out here. And um, we, we've we labeled it the Golden State Agenda on the website. So if you want to see the history of all these laws changing, you can see it there. And it's been spreading to other other states. Um, Colorado, Nevada, Arizona, even Texas are adopting a lot of these sort of policy changes. And so what we can do right now as citizens is we can observe, we, we can report, and, and we can fight to, to change this in California and set the example again for what the rest of the country can do to fix this. We are so far a- a- ahead in monitoring this from the rest of the country that that's why I really love working with this organization. And, and I would hope that everybody else, you know, at least go to the website, check it out, learn. Uh, What's going on? And then the next best thing, if you can't volunteer or donate with us, talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, and spread this information. Well,
0: I think this is truly an important issue and a great way to get involved. If you don't want to play politics, this is a way to get involved without actually playing politics. It's just about preserving freedom. Absolutely. I thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for the opportunity. You are welcome. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town.